the attitude becomes I don't need you I can do it myself I can do it my way I don't need to recognize any other authority they decide they are their own authority and they don't realize without authority we can't we don't have any spiritual authority if i'm not submitted then I, i can never be empowered in this life god's plan is the edification of your life and the angels of heaven are interested in that as well they want to help you all throughout the bible we find angels coming and strengthening god's people they come to edify us there's been instances where the angel touched a person suddenly they were strengthened that's edification at times the the people were even get given food from heaven it strengthened them god wants to edify you the angels of heaven want to edify you And so you ought to do your part so that you can be edified. Amen. We ought not be weak believers. You know, tired. So tired. Some people talk about how tired they are. It's like, man, you've been tired ever since you were born. It's time to wake up. It's time to be strong. It's time to walk in the fullness of God's plan and purpose. Okay, so with this this authority that God's given us, I'm talking about the authority that he has set in your life for you to submit to. it results in your edification submit to the word you'll be edified submit in the church you'll be edified submit your life under the mighty hand of God and he'll lift you up angels recognize this they recognize whether you're submitted to authority or not so i want to help you locate yourself we, we have to be able to de- to determine am i submitted to god or not So to help with that I want to have you consider some some questions And these are kind of like probing questions So hope you're ready to be probed this morning just a little bit Like spiritual acupuncture or something because God wants to he wants to touch some of those parts in our heart and we might feel a little bit uncomfortable and God will poke those places to help us locate ourselves don't deceive yourself 
because people tend to do that. Oh yeah, everything's fine. Okay, well let me ask you this. Let's see if everything's really fine. Or not. Right? And then be honest about it. So we're going to ask some of those questions. Ready to be probed a little bit? Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. We won't hurt you too much. Here we go. Here we go. Here, here's a question. It's a big loaded question. And probably you think you know the answer. But who is your master? Who is your master? It's easy to just go ahead and say, God. Duh. Right? God is my master, of course. Oh, really? Okay, okay. You say it's God. But again, that's easy to just kind of say it. It's like it says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. It says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness. Right? Oh, yeah. Malik, Mera Malik Prabhu hai. God is my master. And most men will proclaim their own goodness. How are you doing? Good. How's your spiritual life? Good. How's your marriage? Good. They proclaim their own goodness. Right. It's all good. But who can actually find a faithful man? See, we can say many things. But the reality of our lives, sometimes it's very different. God is looking for something. He's, he's looking for that faithfulness. Who can find a faithful man? So it sounds like it's kind of rare. You will meet so many people in your life. You'll meet so many people. You'll meet friends. You'll have friends. Your family members. You'll work with people. You'll have neighbors. All these people. And you'll be able to count maybe on one hand the faithful ones. They're, they're rare. There's lots of people. Lots of people. Okay, but who can find a faithful man? And here's what you need to do. Become one of those men. Become one of them. Because there's not many of them out there. You could be one. Is God my master? Well, am I faithful to him? There is something that competes with God for mastery in your life. In everyone's life, there is this one thing. It competes with God for the mastery. Right? 
If you don't master it, it will try to master you. What is it? You want to know what it is? It's money. That's the thing. It wants to master you. It wants to control you. You know what the world does? The world system puts rupees over here. Come on, here you go. Money, 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 money. Come on, come and get some money. Listen, you need money. It wants to master you. It wants to be the motivating force of your life. You have to master this thing. If you master it, then you never work for money. You never work for money. You work for God. He's your master. You might have a job to do, but that job is not your master. Amen. God is your master. He'll use that job to get resources to you. But remember, you work for Him. A man or a woman faithful with money might just be the rarest kind of person. If you become one, a person faithful with money, you will become exceptional. These are the rarest kinds of people. I've met all kinds of people, worked with all kinds of people, all over India, different ones, each proclaiming their own goodness, always trying to find the faithful ones. And you can find out how faithful they are real fast. Just put some money in their hand and see what happens next. It's pretty easy to, to recognize. So I don't know exactly what it is about money that makes it the competition. But it, it may very well be the, the single greatest indicator of loyalty. And really what's in a person's heart. Money has a way of exposing that so clearly. Now, why are we talking about money? It's because we have to be submitted in our money to God. Do you know angels will help bring resources to you? I was talking to someone this week and I told him we've been talking about angels in the church. He told me, he told me he'd never seen an angel before. But one time in prayer, he sensed the presence of an angel. He knew that angel was present. And they were facing a lot of challenges in their church. But with the realization of the presence of that angel, he rose from prayer and he began to declare by faith regarding the finances of his church. 
And he began to commission that angel to go and to bring those resources in. And he told me from that day they've never had a problem with money again. Never, they've never had another money problem. Angels can help you with this stuff. But you have to submit your life. If my money is not submitted to God, angels will never help me in the area of money. We have to remember what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. You uncomfortable yet? Start talking about money, people get a little nervous. Jesus said a lot about money. And he made a lot of people nervous. No one can serve two masters. Nobody. You're not the exception. Ah, I can do it. I can serve God and money. No, you can't. No one can. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. No exceptions. The only other master specified by the Lord Jesus Christ is related to money. You can't serve God and money. Or mammon. It refers to an ungodly desire for riches. These are the two things Jesus mentions as competitors for mastery in your life. So it's either or. That's what Jesus presents to us. You've got to choose one. Who is your master? Amen? Money is a terrible master. Okay, first of all, the love of money is the root of all evil. James chapter 5, verse 3. Look what it says here about money. It says, your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you've hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. Money is not a good master. It will eat away your flesh like fire. It's not worth it. Money, when it's not surrendered to God, when it's not in submission to the Word of God, It will destroy a person. I heard about this man recently. And somebody, I forget who was telling me about this. But he met a man in his city who was rich beyond belief. And he told this pastor, he said, you know I have a lot of money, right? Yeah, I know. He 
He said, I would give it all away for just one night's peace. Can you imagine? All the money in the world. If it's not submitted to God, it will eat your flesh. It'll destroy a person. You can serve God with your money. But you can never serve God and money. Jesus puts this in no uncertain terms. Back in uh, Matthew 6, if you back up a couple verses, look at verse 21. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So money reveals the heart. Amen. We're probing. Probing your heart. Hallelujah. It's about being under the authority of God's word. God has every right to get in your business. Is he, is he master or not? He, he has every right to get in your business, open every drawer, look at your account records. He has every right. And so he will get in your business. Not to condemn you, but to help you, to edify you. He wants you to grow. Okay? He is Lord of all. But you must submit all to His Lordship. So who's my master? Is it God? Or is it mammon? Here's another question. Do you tithe? It's another probing question. Nobody has to raise their hand. God already knows. Do you tithe? Why do we encourage this? There's no law about it. We don't preach the law. There's no compulsion about this. But it's a practice we encourage. Why? Well, if the love of money is the root of all evil, and it is, according to 1 Timothy 6.10, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It says in that verse that some people craving money they've wandered from the true faith. They've pierced themselves with many sorrows. When God makes us wealthy there's no sorrow. But when we don't do it God's way we're full of sorrow. This being true, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It has to be dealt with in each of our lives, in every child of God's life. We have to deal with this thing. Mammon is the love of money. Jesus said you can't serve both. You'll never be able to love both. 
We have to choose one master. Now, there's this thing called the love of money. It's the root of all evil. How do I deal with that root? This is why we teach tithing. You can deal, you can remove the root of evil. If you'll just deal generously. If you become generous and honor God, you can deal with this root that is caused by the love of money. So tithing is a healthy expression of generosity. Now it's obvious. If you don't try to keep it, then you don't love it. The love of money is like, I, I want to keep it. I don't want to let go of it. I just want more stuff that it can buy. But when I can just go ahead and distribute it, that starts with the first 10%. I don't love this stuff. God, here's what belongs to you. Now what else can I do? Which is my seed now? Some of it's bread. Some of it's seed. If you're dealing generously, then it's pretty obvious you don't love the stuff. If you can't let go of it, then maybe you love it too much. Amen. Do you have to tithe? Nope. Nobody has to. You get to. If you choose to. You don't have to. But it's a great privilege to do this. Not because you're trying to manipulate God. God, I tithe. Now what are you going to give me? No, we tithe because of what he's already done. He already blessed you. That's why we are ready and willing to honor him. And to return to him what belongs to him. That's what the tithe is all about. Believers who don't tithe are still part of the church. Amen. We don't have, you know, membership rules and regulations. Oh, you don't tithe. You can't come to church. Or the church won't help you. Right? Or we're going to show favoritism or something. We don't do any of those things. Amen. You're still accepted by God. You're still loved dearly by Him. But you're missing out. Tithing is not the, the difference between life and death. Amen. But it does make a difference in your life. Here's what I believe. The windows of heaven should be open in everybody's life. If there was a way to open the windows of heaven over your life, would you do it? If there was a way where you could unlock and open wide the windows of heaven. I mean, what if we put an ad in the newspaper? 
announced to our city. We have found the key to unlock the windows of heaven where all the blessings of heaven could fall upon you. People would probably be interested. Oh wow, what is that key? What do I have to do? See, I think and believe according to the word of God, this is for everybody. And we have the key. God has shown us in his word. But people want God to do his part when they're not doing their part. They're waiting for God to do something. He already did something. And he waits for us. Amen. The windows of heaven should be open in your life. When we read Malachi chapter 3, and we come to verse 10, and we begin to consider the magnitude of this promise. Then we understand why it's important to tithe. God said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me, he said. Try me in this. This is what the Lord says. And see if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing there will not be room enough to receive it. Can you see that God's not trying to take anything away from us? The only thing he wants to take away is that root of evil. He wants to eliminate the root of all evil. And purge our heart from the love of money. It destroys people when they serve money. God wants to purge that and remove that from our lives. From his church. If we're busy loving money, how are we going to fulfill the Great Commission? It's going to take your money to fulfill the Great Commission. And until we honor God the way we're supposed to, we're always going to fall behind in the things that God wants to do. This is why God invites us into submission. It's for your edification. Those windows should be open. That blessing should be coming down upon your life. So blessed, you don't have room enough to receive it all. This is God's promise. That he would open those windows in your life. Just notice what your part is. Amen. We should be in submission to God's authority, the authority of His Word, the authority He's established in the church. In this verse, the house of God is mentioned. We bring those tithes into the storehouse. God says, it's my house. Okay, that's where the tithes of God's people belong. We bring it to the house of God. And we give. We contribute. Amen. And then God does his part. Amen. 
This is for all of us. Back to the angels. They understand these things. They understand these principles. And they're looking at our lives. They can evaluate whether we're under authority or not. It's not to put anyone in bondage. Amen. That's not the goal here. Okay, but the church is the house of God. And it is his storehouse. That's why the tithe belongs there according to the word of God. So another question arises. Do you support the church? Because see, the mastery of God, it's related to how I use my money. The tithe is part of that. Supporting the church is part of that. Are you operating under the authority of God's kingdom? Not everybody is. Most people are not. Most people do it how they think they should do it. They don't do it God's way. They'll even do it the world's way. Or man's way. Okay. Look, you have to find out what God's way is. That's why we teach these things in the church. These questions help us to recognize where we're at. Am I serving God or mammon? Amen. If your life is under the authority of God, that connects you to the source of power and provision. There is a source of power and provision. And your submission hooks you up to that. It's Jesus. This is all that God wants for us. He wants you to be hooked up with Him. Not just in words. But in reality, in deed, genuinely, genuinely connected to Jesus. If your money's disconnected, then don't deceive yourself. You're not connected. Not fully. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the source of all power and provision. And he invites us to hook up with him. Amen. So like it says in Proverbs 3, verse 9, honor Jesus. Honor the Lord with your finances. Bring your money into submission. Honor him with your possessions. With the first fruits of all your increase. Somebody said, I don't have many possessions. Well, then it should be easy for you. Honor him with what little you have. Some people are waiting to have more before they honor him. If you can't honor him with a little, then how are you going to honor him with a lot? Look, if I can't tithe 10 rupees on 100, 
Would I ever tithe a lakh on a crore? Or a hundred lakh? What is it? Is there such a thing? Is, is that one crore? Would I do it? If I couldn't give ten, if I couldn't give a hundred on a thousand, then would I give the lakhs? No. No. You got to start where you're at. You got to start right now with whatever you have. Amen. Why do we do this? We honor Him with the first fruits of all our increase. Why? Well, look what God can do. Your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. This is God's desire. That you're not scraping the bottom of the barrel. Okay, but it should be overflowing. How many have ever cut the toothpaste open before? Get that last little part of toothpaste out of there. Now that's okay if you're just being a good steward. Okay, but if we're so concerned about the tiniest little part of everything, see, God has a bigger plan for us. Overflow. I mean, if the vats are overflowing, then some of it's being spilled, some of it's being wasted, and nobody really cares. Nobody cares. Because there's plenty. God wants you to enjoy plenty. Some of you can't even believe that. You've been lacking for so long. You've been scraping the bottom for so long. You can't even imagine overflow. If you can't get this thing in your heart, and if you can't start doing what God's Word says, then you'll miss this. Okay, but this is for you. For your family. This is for you. The first fruits represent the first parts. And it can also apply to the tithe. When you honor the Lord this way, He gives you the power to get well. Amen. We'll talk more about that next week. The power to get well. He will make you prosper. I like the sound of that. He'll make you. You're going to prosper. You're going to be successful. God will make sure of it. Instead of you trying to make it happen for yourself. I know. This subject tends to make people feel a little uncomfortable. That preacher just wants my money. I promise you. I don't want your money. Amen. But I want you to experience the best that God has for you. Somebody has to make the money to support the gospel. Mm -hmm. 
Why not you? Somebody has to become wealthy so they can bless the nations. Why not you? See, this is what I know to be true. If you will take God at his word, he will fulfill it. We're not trying to make everyone uncomfortable. But we're here to help you grow. Amen. And sometimes that's painful. But it's necessary. Tithing is a wonderful opportunity to take God at His word. To unlock the windows of heaven in your life. Amen. And it's an opportunity to establish the fact that Jesus is master, not money. That Jesus is master. If I'm not tithing, maybe I can give my reasons why. Okay, but here's the real issue. Who's master in my life? If someone refuses to tithe for whatever reason, then you just have to ask, why not? Why don't you want to? Right? Why not? It's biblical. Right? Why shouldn't we do it? Some people, they, they get real, you know, spiritual about it. Oh, I don't want to give 10%. I want to give 100%. Well, do that then. Do it. But people don't do that. They don't intend to do that. They just make excuse for not doing what God said we should do. If you're not already participating in this, I'm not telling you my theory. I've tested it. I've proven it. I can bear witness to the reality of this. And so many others can too. Get under the authority of God's word. Submit to him. And he will lift you up. If that wasn't good enough then just remember the angels are watching too. They want to help you. They want to work for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Got to ask the question sometimes. Amen. Let God touch our hearts. And hopefully we'll respond in positive ways. Amen. Amen. Look, we don't have any official way to communicate this Amen. other than me just telling you. I have some friends, they have churches. And they, they make it like official, like here, you try it for six months. Tithe for six months. If it's not working for you, then we'll just give you all your money back. How about that? We can do that. Keep track. For the next six months, you can, you can just say, hey, I've tithed for six months. Nothing good's happened for me. Come and show us the amount. We'll give you your money back. Amen. Amen. I mean, you can't beat that offer. Really? What, what could you lose? 
Now all those that I know who've issued that challenge never once has anyone come to get their money back. Why? Because something good starts happening. Good things happen when you honor God. When you put Him first. Just put God to the test. That's what the Bible said in Malachi 3.10. Test me in this. Okay, so we'll, we'll give you your money back if you want it. Keep track. Put it on the envelope. In the tithe section. A lot of people, they avoid that part. They're all over offering bread ministry. Woohoo! Glory to God. That's wonderful. Support all the outreaches of the church. But if your tithe is always blank, then just to be honest with you, all those other things that you do, they don't even qualify as an offering. If you're not tithing, you might as well just keep all of your money. Amen. Put God to the test. We're not, we don't have any kind of motive here to get money from anyone. And we will give you your money back if you, if you can honestly say after six months there's no improvement. Amen. All right, let's stand up. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Isn't he? Hallelujah. He's master. His word is the highest authority. We submit to him. His lordship. Father, we thank you that you just want to bless us. You just want to shower your blessing upon us. You really want those windows open in our lives. Thank you, dear Father. And Lord, I just pray for each one here. As they've heard the challenge. Father God, that they would take it to heart. And Lord, that they would go ahead and put you to the test. So many have already tested and tried this. What if the whole church was doing this? What if everyone was active? What if the windows of heaven were open over all of our lives? How much more would we be able to accomplish? Father, we thank you. Your word and your promise. It's true. And it shall come to pass in our lives. We believe it. We expect it. We thank you for it. Remain standing. I encourage you to search your heart.